When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. all right some seasons are all right some seasons are good some seasons ascend to greatness whether it's a title win or a relegation scrap a double or even a treble as we've got today every season i am of the belief has a great story i am jake as always from what if football thank you very very much for donating to this patreon page here i'm supporting the channel this is the second episode, the much-anticipated second episode of the Story of My Season podcast. And we're going to a great European champion, Inter Milan of 2010. Let's get stuck in. And if ever there was a beneficiary of Calciopoli, it was Inter Milan. It was Roberto Mancini as well. He took charge for the 2004-05 season where... Inter would return to glory by winning a Coppa Italia, defeating Roma away from home and at home, 3-0 on aggregate. They reached third in the league, which would be um, which would be replicated in 2006. Two very different consequences, 2005 and 2006, weren't they? Um, of course, post-Calciopoli, that third place in 2006 was revised to first and Inter, of course, are the team who win out after Calciopoli. Milan, they are not the team they used to be after the Champions League win in 2007. Juventus are still trying to claw back any um, semblance of um, quality after being down in Serie B, come back up. They keep a lot of their names, Buffon, um, etc. Um, <laughs> the first one that came to my mind, uh, quite an easy one, wasn't it, really? Um, but... Uh, 
Yeah, so the the, the field is, 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 there's no Seven Sisters anymore. Put it that way. The old Seven Sisters of Italian football, that has gone. That's gone completely with uh, Calciopoli, unfortunately. And Ro- Roma are probably the probably the the main rivals for Inter in terms of silverware. They would have won the double Inter Milan in 2007, if not for the ridiculous Roma performance in um, the first leg of the Coppa final, 6-2. And, and Roma do them again in the 2008 final as well. Um, on the other side of it, Inter continue to dominate in the league, which I think is probably the better mark of... How good a team really is. Anybody can be a good cup team, I think. To a certain extent, anyway, things can fall down, down, down to look a lot a lot easier and a lot quicker in a cup competition than it would do, of course, in the league. You can get found out a lot in the league. AZ Milan had the, the Champions League successes of 2003 and 2007, as we'd mentioned. Meanwhile, Inter Milan hadn't reached a final since the, since the 70s when they were resoundly beaten by... Johan Cruyff and his Ajax team when they were winning the treble over there. And um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was banging in the goals for Inter, but it didn't translate itself onto success in Europe. It was mainly last 16 appearances. They lost in 2007 by the away goals rule to Valencia. They lost 3-0 on aggregate to Liverpool in 2008. And after that game probably with the emotion, um, let's be honest. Roberto Mancini insisted he was leaving at the end of that, at the end of the season following that loss. Um, quickly reversed that decision um, to uh, Maratti, the president and owner, but obviously the damage was done. You don't really do that to Maratti. And obviously the Maratti family had been in charge of Inter Milan forever, hadn't they? Uh, Maratti's da, um, he was in charge for the... Uh, he oversaw the Champions League wins of the 60s, which was Inter Milan's only previous Champions League, European Cups, whatever you want to call it. Inter Milan hadn't really come close since, obviously, Mancini was fired after the uh, second leg of the Copper um, in May. And in terms of domestic dominance, Inter Milan were probably the least remarkable of these clubs that you see sprout up. Your PSGs, your Bayern Munichs, Barcelona... Um, Juventus, Inter Milan, they won the league effectively five times in a row by the end of it. They're probably the least remarkable out of anybody who's dominated and who could probably call themselves a big club, really. So who do you bring in in the summer of 2008 when you want to get over the line in Europe? You still want to dominate domestically? Of course. You bring in... Jose Mourinho, now Mourinho, descended to uh, ascended to greatness as the introduction goes. He'd won the UEFA Cup against Celtic in 2003, followed that up with the Champions League in 2004, dominated Portugal. He dominated Europe as well with Porto and was convinced to join Chelsea, built one hell of a team there, added the likes of Petacek, Didier Drogba to uh, what was already a fantastic spine Dominated probably the biggest threat to Sir Alex Ferguson in the Premier League era, in my in my opinion, won the Premier League back to back. Nobody until Pep Guardiola, nobody had won the Premier League back to back apart from Alex Ferguson. So, and that was two thousand and six, and it took until twenty nineteen for uh, somebody not named Sir Alex Ferguson or Jose Mourinho to win the Premier League back to back, which is 
astounding, isn't it? But Mourinho would be gone um, by September 2007, a year later, at his year out, he's at Inter Milan for the 2008-9 season. The, as it goes without saying, they win Serie A, they continue that Mancini legacy and part of that legacy was going out of the Champions League in the last 16 um, to Manchester United, who were well on their way to potentially retaining the Champions League, which of course we know wouldn't happen. They would lose to Barcelona. Believe me, a lot more on them later on. Um, it's kind of shocking that that Mourinho wouldn't win the copper. He always liked to get a trophy on the board. Um, won the League Cup in 2005-2007 uh, with Chelsea. It did so again in 2015 when he returned. And it's shocking to me that he wouldn't um, have done the same in the copper Italia. Shockingly out to Sampdoria losing the first leg 3-0. And at the end of that season, he almost left. He almost left Real Madrid for Real Madrid in 2009, but Maratti asked him to stay, so he did, apparently. And um, Maratti, of course, still desperate for that third Champions League in the family. And low-key, I think Inter Milan probably had one of the best transfer windows ever in uh, 2009. And that goes in the same window that, uh, that uh, Real Madrid signed Kaká, Alonso, Ronaldo, Benzema. Now, those... The fruits of those labours wouldn't be achieved immediately. The fruits of these would be achieved as immediate as you possibly can, really. Lucio was signed from Bayern. Diego Melito from Genoa, both over 30. Thiago Motta, a bit of a cast-off, really. He signed from Genoa as well for 10 million euros. Wesley Snyder was a huge deal done too. Um, from Real Madrid and Samuel Eto and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, of course, was the marquee deal. A bit of a swap deal going on there. Samuel Eto wasn't happy when Pep Guardiola arrived at the new camp, um, but he resolved to stay on and fight for his place. But after the treble, he'd gone quite quickly. He realised he wasn't going to be a part of things. Messi was moving into that false nine position, of course. That certain development was hindered by Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the swap deal. And mainly because Inter Milan probably couldn't have afforded Eto on his own. And um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was a good um, good collateral as it was. Um, it was a move that hindered Barcelona. Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Lionel Messi just did not work. Ibrahimovic did not enjoy Pep Guardiola's training, did not enjoy Pep Guardiola. And safe to say Barcelona as well. And helped Inter Milan immeasurably. So if you think about it, Eto and Schneider not wanted by Classico teams. Inter don't get Lampard, they don't get Cavallio, who um, Mourinho wanted. And Lucio, Melito, both of a 30, Thiago Motta, not a household name and prized away from Genoa quite comfortably. So these were the cast-offs of European football, but they would become known as quite possibly the makings of a, an absolutely generational transfer window. James Horncastle of the Athletic calls it a last dance with many of the players over 30. A lot of the sort of bench players as well, the, the, the squad members, they were over 30. A lot of the defenders were over 30. Even Cordoba as well. Javier Zanetti, of course, well into his 30s there. And um, a lot of the transfer window had to do with Jose Mourinho and his aura really which is still very much intact by 2009 he played a huge role in uh, Eto and Schneider getting them over the line sending them texts and Schneider says that it was Mourinho's text that that sort of clinched the deal for him really and um, Schneider would make his debut in the Milan derby at the end of August but more on that after this short break as stats go to the season 
Welcome back, by the way. It was fairly inauspicious for Inter Milan, really. They lost the Supercoppa final to, to Lazio. Um, Samuel Eto'o got on the score sheet there to get that out of the way um, for his first goal for Inter Milan and um, did so again via the spot in the opener against Bari but ultimately it was a 1-1 a draw, fairly tepid result to start things off for Inter and then came the Milan derby six days later away from home, kind of I guess I mean, well, is it? Um, the first goal was absolutely to die for a, a wonderful team move. One of the best goals Inter Milan score all season. You've got Eto involved, you've got Melito involved, Thiago Motta so integral to it as well. Um, wonderful move. Melito scores a penalty. Maicon, which one of the, probably the best right back on form in this season. He's he's sent through for 3-0 and then, and then uh, probably the, the potential goal of the season is Dragon Stankovic with a, a beautiful finish. Um, Wesley Schneider's debut has been made and it was a magnificent debut by all accounts. Inter Milan off the mark in terms of wins. We go into September, they follow that up with a 2-0 win against Parma. Eto scoring again. Um, bit of an understandable draw in the first Champions League game back. Uh, 0-0 against Barcelona at home. Wouldn't be the... Uh, Obviously, wouldn't be the last time those two met to meet each other a further three times as we move on. But Inter Milan get on the board with a win against Cagliari, a bit of a high press off Diego Melito. They're not something you'd expect off um, a Jose Mourinho team, but regardless, he robs a Cagliari player high up the pitch, wins the uh, wins the game there essentially with that move, and then um, the signings combine absolutely beautifully. All three goals against Napoli. Eto, Melito, Lucio, all scored inside 37 minutes at home to Napoli. But then Sampdoria turn up, um, spoil the party before Inter close out September with a pretty ruinous draw as it looks um, in Kazan against Rubin Kazan. Remember them? Nobody does. Um, so have we got it as we enter October? We've got Inter Milan in third place, two points behind Sampdoria who are the early pace setters, but... Inter Milan have a perfect October by way of league form. Beat Udinese 2-1, slap Genoa for five with a couple of Genoa's old old, old flames to boot, returning to uh, stick the uh, the boot in there. And um, Catania beaten 2-1 and Palermo 5-3 was the win for Inter Milan. Um, very un-Mourinho game that they the four nil up it goes to four three and they just about get over the line five three in the end and the only other game was a champions league game against dynamo kiev which you're thinking now back-to-back games against dynamo kiev definitely not the team they were in the 90s um still got shevchenko he's come back um but you expected to beat them manchester united if they won against them quite comfortably in 2008 when they went on to win the trophy into milan here though they toiled to a 2-2 draw at home and one goal that has to be mentioned probably the pick of well definitely the pick of this month but definitely up there in terms of the goals of the season for Inter in Italy in Europe I'd say it's a really it's in the Genoa game it's the third goal from that it's a really dodgy um, goalkeeper clearance He's about 20 yards from his own goal. He skews it it doesn't really leave the ground it's about knee high and that's it and it's really Dragon Stankovic, Stankovic is on the halfway line. He comes to meet it. The ball doesn't drop. The ball doesn't hit the ground. He just lashes it first time from about 60 yards off the clearance. And it's like his goal against Schalke a, a couple of years on 
in which we all remember is just a lovely volley, a faded volley, and beats Manuel Neuer in the goal. This one is even better. The balance is completely off. He's at an angle. It's first time. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, can't say enough good things about it. And comes in a great win as well for Inter. And it, the, the perfect month for Inter puts them four points ahead of Juventus. Now on 25 points, Inter are as we go into November, where they beat Livorno. A bit of a patient win there. They have to wait until the... Uh, Till the second half late on in there to uh, get the win over the line there against Livorno. And then they go to Kiev for what looks to be game over in the Champions League. Andrei Shevchenko, of all players, former Milan player, scores the goal for Dynamo Kiev. And Inter Milan, with four minutes left, are still 1-0 down. Um, the halftime change off Mourinho changes the game completely ending first the result at the end they go ultra wide they've got Balotelli on the on the left there you've got Samietto on the right you got Wesley Schneider pushing up almost like a 4-2-2-2 I think you'd say you'd say it now in common parlance and um, it led the Dynamo Kiev players out wide into Milan hit the plan worked Melito 86th minute Schneider 89th minute bit of a turning point at least in the Champions League anyway utter scramble for that second goal but they absolutely needed it um, it makes it uh, one win and uh, three draws there, avoiding what, avoiding what Juventus did in the uh, 98-99 season and draw their first five games in the Champions League groups. For more on that, check out the uh, What If Football podcast on the Sports Social Podcast Network tomorrow. Um, one hell of a uh, a season that off Juve. So then you've got you've got to. Uh, process that information four days later it's Roma at home in in what well Roma they're not in the top six yet but Roma notoriously have been in the fawn in Inter Milan's side since in this little run this four-year run they've been going on recently Roma have been the team that sort of beats them in cup finals sort of winds them up I guess a little bit and um, Eto earns a point crucially not all three points um, Inter Milan would be still top of the table come the end of November and they beat Bologna and Fiorentina to uh, consolidate a seven-point gap. But in between those matches, we've got a 2-0 defeat at Camp Now. Um, again, an understandable loss, but it puts Inter Milan into a bit of a sticky situation going into the final game. They simply have to win. Thankfully, though, for um, for Inter, they've got Ruben Kazan at home at, again Unfortunately, though, they're coming off a defeat in the league away in some uh, away at Juventus, still at the Stadio della Alpe. Um, Claudio Marchisio scores the winner there for Juve, but Inter Milan they bounce back, they win 2 0. Dynamo lose to Barcelona as well, which puts Inter Milan through just about, just about, um, and they're in second place and they can breathe a big sigh of relief going into the uh. Going into the winter break and the 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 inters they sort of celebrate with going back to what Jose Mourinho does. They'd won their final game in November one nil Fiorentina, a bit of a scrappy late win there, just grinding out the win. They get a one war on in Bergamo against Atalanta again, obviously not the team they are now, um, but obviously Schneider gets sent off in that one. So backs against the wall, they get the point, they leave, go. That's fine, you get that. 
And then the last two games of the year, you've got Livorno in the copper and you've got Lazio at home, both 1-0, both. Typical Mourinho performances through at any cost in the cup. Get the points on the board at any cost. They're eight points ahead of Milan, but Milan have played a game more, which, I mean, it's a decent return, isn't it? You'd take it, wouldn't you? Definitely um, going into the second half of the season. Meanwhile, Roma have crept into that top six. They are now fifth at the turn of the year of the um, with the break come and gone. But thankfully, Inter Milan have a, to be fair, they've got a superb January ahead. The threw in the Copper quarter final, they beat Juventus in what I believe probably one of the more bigger, obviously the bigger game, the David's Italia. Turning point again domestically, they beat Juventus 2-1 and um, dramatically turnaround. Lucio Balotelli, final 20 minutes. Lucio's little nick on the free kick was so desperate, but so desperately needed as well. And it just inferred how Mourinho's team was playing at this stage. They've beaten Kiev 1-0, another ground out win. Similarly ground out win, but 4-3 against um, against Siena, which was an insane game. They were losing 3-2, 88 minutes in. Somehow Wesley Snyder, again, another another ridiculous um, late goal from Schneider. And there's a few of these games where Schneider's just popping in with a late goal that gives in a two points, gives them a win in the cup here, gets them through in the Champions League. It's those little goals even though it didn't doesn't score loads might not create an optimum level you might not think but very very important invaluable almost repaid his transfer fee and then some of course inside the first season Walter Samuel in that game as well with a winning goal plays an in, as an impromptu centre forward for the last few minutes and um, Barry 2-2 draw the only drop points that uh, Inter have all, all, uh, all month there He's a product of pretty much of 14 mad minutes, three penalties, all four goals scored in that um, thingy. And then uh, nine man into Milan beat Real, uh, beat uh, AC Milan in the uh, in the Milan derby to confirm a, a double over their tenants, housemates, I guess. I don't know. Either way, Milan are nine points behind into Milan. Still got that game in hand. And after Mario Balotelli's composure in the uh, winning goal against Juventus in the Coppa quarterfinal, it means Fiorentina are next in the semi-final first leg, which, again, is another ground-out win. Buy into 1-0 win, and this defensive record now is firmly on track. Apart from the final game in February, you've got a, you've got a 3-0 win against Cagliari, and then there's only, there's only one goal conceded in the next three games, but ultimately... Inter only score one and it is in that 1-1 draw against Parma, the, the draw against Napoli, 0-0, the draw against Sampdoria, 0-0 as well. And get okay, back to basic, basics defensively, but the um, the 0-0 against Sampdoria was impressive. Inter, Man, Inter Milan had nine men, it's, the, uh, it's where the old uh, Mourinho handcuff gesture is um, is from that match, as if to say... We cannot win this, or they, the referee, whoever, won't let us win this. Uh, they don't win it, they draw nil-nil. They get the point on the board, regardless, they go to Udinese, win 3-2, and ultimately take a four-point lead into March, and not to uh, pack this one away, but 2-1 win against Chelsea in the last 16 first leg. Ain't bad either. Ancelotti's team 
supremely successful domestically would win the double in 2010 and Inter Milan effectively the team that stops them winning the treble you might say although Barcelona might have had something to say about that later on down the line ultimately there were 2-1 win in the in the world of away goals Solomon Kalou's away goal might come into play it won't come into play in the second leg but it might have done it might have done but Inter Milan don't win a single game before the second leg they draw in Ver- at home to uh, Verona side Kievo, nil-nil, they lose shockingly, really, um, when you consider what Catania are, no offence to Catania or any Catania supporters, they lose 3-1 there, uh, at least to uh, to them in the in the league, and suddenly there's a, there's, a, um, there's a title race on because there's a 1-1 draw away in Palermo, there is a 2-1 loss, crucially, in... Um, in Rome, which would have had, which would have had Inter having a six-point lead with um, with seven games to go. Ultimately, with with Roma scoring twice, Luca Toni um, with the winning goal there, it it puts the deficit down to just one point. Now, Roma had been creeping and creeping and creeping, absolutely incredible form January, February, and March. They're now only one point behind Inter Milan. It's no longer. It's although Milan is still in the title race. Yes. They're not really, because Inter Milan have got the psychological advantage, you might say. But the points gap to Milan is still three points. So, I mean, feasibly, they could obviously do it. It's still obviously within reach. Inter Milan, though, I think around this time, they just wanted to get through in the Champions League as well. Two 1-0 wins. You'd match that with another 1-0 win over CSKA in Moscow in the second leg as well. So you beat Chelsea, beat CSKA in Moscow twice. Three goals, three wins. Exactly how Mourinho wants it. And um, apparently the... The team talk at halftime at Stamford Bridge was uh, no team I coach can beat me. Um, that's what Mourinho said. And I don't think that can hold any weight anymore, can it? <laughs> Maybe in 2010, as we see here, but definitely not into the 2020s. Now I get the 4-0 defeats um, for Manchester United um, against Chelsea. That's not the team he coached. Yes, it was the club, wasn't it? But... Then you've got him losing as Tottenham Hotspur manager at Old Trafford, which was essentially the same team. But there we are. Not one to uh, to put calls in that. But then we get to April, one of the, well, the crucial month, really. And it starts really with routine. 3-0 win at home to uh, Bologna. Roma just do, do not piss off. They really don't. And uh, thankfully, they don't have to play them again um, just yet anyway. Just yet. A uh, Coppa Italia semi-final second leg win, another ground out 1-0 win just three days after a 2-2 draw does mean that Inter Milan do have to play Roma in another Coppa Italia final, the third time in four years that has been the case in the Nations Cup and um, Cup final there and it's going to be one hell of a battle but first Inter Milan have to do they have to overcome that CSKA Moscow challenge in the quarterfinals which they do fairly early on to uh, with the away goals, well, it pretty much rubber stamps in through. The, Jose Mourinho is not going to concede three goals in a Champions League tie, especially at that stage of the tournament as well. So they're just hoping now for comfortable Serie A matches, really. Juventus, <laughs> Juventus at home in between the, the Coppa semi-final second leg and the Champions League semi-final first leg. And of course, they've gone and drawn Barcelona, haven't they? Anyway... 2-0 win, and um, pretty much a perfect win. I mean, 
pretty much a perfect win. It wasn't down to the wire or anything. Obviously, Juve would have posed somewhat of a threat, but they're nowhere near the team that they would become under Conte, Allegri, etc., etc. Um, but that's about as comfortable as it could have gone four days out from a first leg against Barcelona, which thankfully some uh, somebody was on Jose's side in Iceland where the, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the, the volcano that erupted, meant that Barcelona have to go from Spain to Italy by coach. Therefore, they're quite weary, although they do take it to um, to Inter. They're 1-1, but by the, end of the, by, by the end of the second half, I think they've got a bit of tired legs, really. They are going great guns in domestically as well, winning the league there. So... They will be tired. April got to get a, get a, get a two hour coach ride to uh, to Mil- well, two day coach ride to Milan, and yeah, I mean three one. They absolutely battered them. The the I would definitely recommend. I can't do it justice here, of course. The coach's voice video on uh, Mourinho's tactical plan for the three one win over over Barcelona, where they sit back, obviously counter, and obviously get the three goals they need. But it is mainly that Mourinho's, the starting point was obviously Messi. And I think it did help that Iniesta wasn't there in the first leg, which was a huge help. And it was mainly Messi's movement from the right. Obviously, it does help that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is playing as a nine. He's staying number nine. Messi's effectively a false nine, but he's a right winger um, at this point. So Mourinho was essentially hoping that they could combat Dani Alves' overlaps on the right-hand side. And essentially, the they would call Mourinho says they put Messi in a prison. Essentially, of Thiago Motta, Cambiaso, Pandev, Zanetti. Pandev would essentially become a third central midfielder. They'd flexibly change from this four-two-three-one-four-three-three. They've got to a diamond. Samueletto did was absolutely tireless. Obviously, they've got that factor that he wants to to show Barcelona what they're missing. He would play from the right wing, um, perform admirably. Of course, he would then go and play full back in the reverse game into down to 10 men. Barcelona already 1-0 up from Pique very early on. Inter have 14% possession. <laughs> 14%. They got a scrape for that 3-2 aggregate win. Now, Mourinho says that the, the human side won against Barcelona, not just the tactics. But I would say the tactics did help as well. And often when you see teams against a, well, Barcelona in 2010, a Man City now, Liverpool now, Chelsea, example, Bayern Munich now, they hoof the ball away, it comes straight back. What Mourinho's into Milan did here, they get the ball. Usually if it's Maicon, they could get pretty far with it, but they just run, draw a foul, take an absolute ice age to get off the deck replay that again and again and again get the ball run out kill time do that and um, obviously it worked because they won 3-2 on aggregate and the 1-0 defeat did not matter one little bit Mourinho's running around the Camp Nou his former employer of course when he was the translator and the translator beats the ball by in Pep Guardiola and um, they try to turn the sprinkles on Victor Valdez tries and stops him but it's just carnage everywhere Mourinho's I think he has a right to celebrate that because it was one hell of a uh, one hell of a of a master plan there, and it means that it's Inter Milan versus Bayern Munich in the Champions League final. Of course, obviously, in the Bernabeu, winner wins the treble. But first, 
But first, Inter Milan had one hell of a month on. They've got Lazio away from home. They win in Rome. Absolutely vital. Got another Roman team in there. Roma in the final. Three days later in the Coppa final. Roma were pretty much going into that game shell-shocked. They, they'd temporarily gone top because of um, because of Inter's draw with Fiorentina in Florence the previous month. Uh, but Roma give top spot back after they lose in uh, Genoa to Sampdoria. Um, Inter not behind in the title race for too long. They would ultimately go on to win the league by two points. They beat Chievo 4-3. Almost get sucked into... Um, a game there that they don't really want. The 4-1 up on the hour. They'd just come off Diego Melito with the Coppa Italia winner uh, four days later. They just want a nice, easy win before the uh, trip to Siena where they still need to win because Roma just keep winning and just keep taking them to the final day. Um, but it goes to 4-3 with 16 minutes to play and they've got to see that one out. They do. And then the final day, Roma 2-0 up against Chievo. Inter still need still need a win to, to win the league. Of course, it's Diego Melito again. He scored the Coppa Italia winner. He scored essentially the Serie A winner. And then you go to Bernabeu. Of course, Melito. He'd won the league, he'd won the cup. Now he wins the Champions League with his goals in the final. Two goals in the final. Pulls Martin Demichelis this way and that out of position for the first goal. Puts Daniel Van Boyten on his ass for the second. Does not know where to turn. Kills a lovely finish into the bottom corner. One hell of a performance. Inter Milan were just incredible, really. And it is probably the greatest Italian season ever. They win the league, although, yes, it isn't by no means a stellar season. 82 points, not really too great. But, I mean, as I've said previously, Manchester United 79 points with the treble winning season in 99. Don't care about the points. The treble is what that matters, really, into... To juggle a treble like that with a Champions League treble, I mean, plenty of teams can juggle a treble when it's not really a treble and uh, win a league and win a couple of cups here and there. But the Champions League as well, it's the only treble that's ever been achieved in Italy. And I don't care for undefeated seasons or anything like that. I think a treble trumps that for me. And um, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to uh, rank some, um, we're going to have to rank the greatest achievements. And I think in Italy, I think this is it. It would have only gone one better if they'd have won the Champions League the next year. But of course, Mourinho leaves. Mourinho leaves. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
for Real Madrid. And I think his second season at Real Madrid is on a par with his second season here. I think, obviously, the treble is a fantastic achievement. Real Madrid only win the league in 2012, but it it's beating a Pep Guardiola team that is um, unstoppable, really, um, apart from, obviously, the two games that uh, Inter Milan stopped them here. But I don't think that Inter Milan team transplant them into La Liga. They don't win that, obviously. Because obviously over a 38-game league season, you're going to get found out eventually. Inter Milan's 82 points would not have cut it in La Liga by any stretch of the imagination. You could put in the first season at Chelsea, the almost invincible, which I think is better than the invincible season, 2005 Chelsea. And there's a head-to-head on that one, isn't there, somewhere along the line. And uh, we can't forget, obviously, about the 2017-18 Manchester United season. Mourinho's self-acclaimed greatest achievement, finishing second with, funnily enough, 81 points, only one point behind Inter in this treble winning season. So who's to say? Who is to say anyway? Mourinho, how did he do it? Well, he went back to the well tactically for a 4-3-1-2. You may have seen this in his first few months at Chelsea. They did obviously get that change to a 4-3-3 with um, Lampard in there with uh, wider players in Duff and Robin. Here it was it was a 4-3-1-2 with Eto centrally also pulling wide to make it a 4-3-3. Wesley Snyder pretty much in the Lampard equivalent role, but a bit higher. At the back, you've got immeasurable experience. Obviously, Julio Cesar in goal, Lucio and Walter Samuel at the back. Absolutely beastly partnership, that is. And in Micon, you've got the best right back in world football at that time. Out wide, although... On paper, Samuel Leto, Goran Pandev in your winger positions, you think that is absolutely shocking. But out of their comfort zones, but played absolutely faultlessly, absolutely incredibly. Worked hard all season, came up with defining moments in the season. Pandev against Barcelona, absolute credit. Um, to Inter Milan there as well. One of the best performances of the season there from from a player in an Inter Milan shirt. And in them big games, Mourinho did go to this 4-4-1-1. And he's he's a very reactive coach, still is. Um, It just doesn't work as much now. That's the only problem. And um, in those big games, he would would take to countering to the extreme. Obviously, the Barcelona second leg is probably the most extreme example we've seen of that. And I think he can take some of that into his Chelsea return where the time wasting against Liverpool in that, that the game where Gerard slips is absolutely unreal. Mark Swartz, is, he plays Mark Swartz from Thomas Callas and um, you, you expect to yeah, get Liverpool steamroll these. But he time wastes straight away from, from the first minute and obviously that winds the Liverpool crowd. It obviously gets under the skin, they end up losing. So it worked, didn't it? And a lot of the plans here worked for uh, for Mourinho. Obviously, in the big games, sometimes you play Christian Kivu with left mid, which um, obviously left back by trade, two wide defenders on the left flank. Sometimes that would um, it worked in a big game. So and I think in Schneider, Eto, Melito, and Maicon, you've got four attacking stalwarts there who just obviously ran things going forward, and that combined with a, a superb base a very deep bond with the Argentine core. They'd have big cookouts. They'd have huge barbecues, obviously, steaks and national dish, isn't it? Huge team bond. And Mourinho says it's the human instinct, that game against Barcelona. And the human instinct here is 
going to uh, die for one another in those Barcelona games. And that is, is the bond there from them cookouts from, they've still got a WhatsApp group, for example, is helps forge that win against Barcelona, which is where Mourinho comes from with that, uh, with that line. But it, it, it does blend humanity with the tactics as well. And obviously after this, Mourinho, in his own words, says he ran away. He needed to go to Spain. He needed to go to Spain and win there. Um, because if he didn't run away, because he runs away, it gives Marco Materazzi a big cuddle, doesn't go into the dressing room. Because um, in his justification, he uh, celebrated on the pitch in the Bernabeu, which is fair enough. But he says that if he, if he returned to Milan to celebrate, he wouldn't have left. So um, whether that's just Mourinho giving them old drip feeding them lines like he always does is, is one thing isn't it really so he made off into the Madrid night in a Real Madrid car no less and um, ignites the rivalry to probably it, it went over it overstepped the mark didn't it really with uh, Pep Guardiola Tito Villanova Barcelona 2011-2012 ridiculous um, how that uh, rivalry devolved there and uh, loads of great books by Sidlow and Graham Hunter on the the uh, the rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid in recent years. Incredible heights, really. Meanwhile, at Inter Milan, they would get Rafael Benitez and um, ultimately took Inter Milan another 11 years to win Serie A again. Um, AC Milan, then obviously Juventus dominated. And now look, well, depending on when you listen to this, they're in a three-pronged, maybe four if Juventus get back into it, or rather the three teams in front keep dropping points like they do. And um, we've got a bit of a title race on in Serie A. Inter Milan might have waited 11 years for one title and might win two in two years. But we'll find out at the end of this season, I suppose. I think that's all we've got time for today. We have got yet more Champions League coverage because the final last 16 ties will be played next week. So we're going to give you another great games podcast from the annals of Champions League knockout games. This one is an absolute beauty. Deportivo versus AC Milan from 2004. Doesn't look all that great on the face of it, but if you know, you definitely know. And until then, thank you very much for listening, for supporting the channel as well. Till then, silly. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.